coming to you from R5A7 Studios with no commercial breaks, no fancy ass music, just a guy talking about the sport that he loves, professional wrestling. I'm your podcast host, City, and this is the 20 by 20 show. And man, do we have a show. WrestleMania edition. My first one. I'm going to enjoy this. I hope you do. That part being said, before we fully get into it, I've been told that the show runs a little long. So with that being told to me, I'm listening to the feedback. I'm going to try to accommodate as much as I can and within reason. Show runs a little long. I'll do my best to narrow it down to 30 minutes. I think that's, that, I think that's doable. I think that's fair. 30 minutes is, is okay. With that now being said, that's not going to happen on this one. Cut me a break. Work with me. It's WrestleMania. Maybe you agree with that. Maybe you don't. Let me know on Twitter at 20 by 20 show. You can let me know. Once again, that's at the 20 by 20 show. Same as, as the title on your screen right now. On Twitter, and you let me know your thoughts and opinions. And again, I'll try to accommodate within reason as best as I can. If you're ready to get into the show, I know I am. NXT TakeOver kicks off our WrestleMania weekend. First match we get is the NXT Tag Team Championships War Raiders, Ricochet, Aleister Black. Was a damn fine match. Great tag team wrestling. War Raiders will always manage to surprise you in somehow, some way with what they're able to do. Very good match. In all honesty, it it was for two guys in, in Ricochet and Aleister Black. They have been putting on really good tag team matches for two guys who haven't teamed up together. For guys who are pretty much just all, as far as I know them to be, singles competitors the majority of their career. Um, unless I'm wrong about that, let me know on Twitter at the 20 by 20 show. I I definitely enjoy their pairing, but I don't understand it still. I don't know where we're going with this. They've been involved in every tag team brand's championship match consistently here almost in somehow, some way. And I just don't understand why they're getting that placement when we have tag teams, active tag teams that I think could have used that spotlight. It's the tag team division. Let's build the tag teams. Just my thought on that. Other than that, great match. War Raiders retained. And if I'm not mistaken by the way things looked, Ricochet Aleister Black, that might have been their last NXT appearance for some time, looking like they might be a permanent fixture at the main roster. The next match, NXT North American title on the line, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle. You know me. I'm going to be honest about it. Wasn't interested in the match. Didn't I just didn't have any care for the match. Was it a good match? Yeah, it was. And it's because I, I you find like you feel like you don't care. You're not interested with Velveteen. And then he gets in the ring and he begins to do his thing. And then you become interested. So I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. But he is he's a good wrestler. I think Matt Riddle's on his way to doing more interesting and, and talented things in that ring. Uh, Velveteen Dream does retain the NXT North American Championship. Hats off to him. NXT United Kingdom title on the line. Pete Dunne versus Walter. 
Hey, this match I was looking forward to, and I got what I wanted out of this match. It was very physical. It was a fight. They went in there, and they got down, and that was that. Can't knock it. Got it respected. Rough, tough, physical match, and the outcome is Walter, your new United Kingdom champion. Hats off to Pete Dunne. Hell of a hell of a rain. Good luck trying to replicate it. I'm very interested to see with what we do with Pete Dunne now, especially with that NXT brand starting. Do you do you move Pete Dunne to Raw SmackDown, or does he stay with this new NXT UK brand and help try to build that show up and and try to bring it into more of a bigger spotlight, or do you again do you move him on? Um, NXT Women's Championship. Fatal four-way. Honestly, I'll be short about this. I thought Belair was going to win it. She didn't. That's cool. Shayna Baszler kept it. She's still the NXT Women's Champion. I was also surprised by this simply because I did think that they were going to send Baszler to the main roster after this. It It's not like it's, you know, unheard of. So I'm a little disappointed that she didn't win, but you never know with the WWE. They might keep her for another couple of weeks just to kind of... Maybe bring the surprise factor a little later on. So, hats off to her retaining the NXT Championship. NXT Heavyweight Championship. Two out of three falls. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby. This match was professional wrestling at its best, period. I, I, I can't even go into a details about it excuse me I can't even go into the details about it because it's almost pointless it is just that in that sentence is the best way to describe this match was Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT heavyweight championship was professional wrestling if you want to see a match of professional wrestling done in this era by guys of this era, watch that match. I give that match the highest praise. I did enjoy it. Um, outcome, surprising to me, but maybe that's just because of where my allegiance lie. Johnny Gargano is your new NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Um, the Hall of Fame happens Saturday. I'm going to keep this short. Congratulations to each and every person inducted into the Hall of Fame 2019. And I won't go name for name in every individual, but I don't feel like there was anyone who got inducted that I, that shouldn't have been there. I wholeheartedly agree, although most people feel that it didn't hold its star power, so to speak. I felt like all of those individuals were deserving of going in, despite what most people feel. Uh, I do have to give a very particular shout out of being two, and one is hats off to Booker T. Because Booker T became the first, and as this goes on, this might bother some people, but I'll clarify at the end. 
being the first black professional wrestler to go into the Hall of Fame twice. He's in as a singles wrestler, and he's in with his legit brother, Stevie Ray, as the Harlem Heat. And they're very deserving. If you don't think that they should be in there as a tag team, as a unit, the Harlem Heat, you're a fool. You know nothing about tag team wrestling. You probably know less about wrestling in general. Multi-time tag team champions. You know, we know what Booker T did singly, but what they did as in, as a team in that ring, they looked it, they walked it, they talked it. I especially enjoyed when they walked down the ramp going to accept being inducted into the Hall of Fame that they were talking that shit to the camera the same way they did every night in WCW walking down. So hats off to Booker T being the first black two-time WWE Hall of Famer. I also have to say, damn, that segment with DX was hilarious. Start to finish, it was it was well executed. I, I laughed the entire time it went on. And how overdue is it for China to be a member of the WWE Hall of Fame? It's it's it, it's upsetting that some of this doesn't get done sooner. You know, I I don't know. I don't feel like we need to wait for to lose some of these people. You know. There's a lot of people around right now. You know, let's have a huge class and short short speeches. That that would be worth it. Or let's let's do like we did this year. I think they did a good job of going reaching to the past and not getting to people who were too close to present day. And that's not a knock on any of the present day guys. But I don't feel like we need to keep waiting till the last minute or till it's too late. I want to see these guys around and to be able to accept their speech or or accept the award and give their speech. I, you know, that's just my take. Now, I have to unfortunately end the Hall of Fame on a bad note. Or maybe a good note, depending on how you look at it. So, I'm going to make this short because I don't feel like whoever you are deserves very much attention. But we all are paying just the smallest bit. The asshole that thought it was okay to get into the ring and attack a two-time Hall of Famer and a person who absolutely loves this sport, this business, whatever you choose. Professional wrestling, sports entertainment, I don't give a shit. The 20 by 20. I don't think... You should have even been in that arena. I don't know why you thought that was a good plan. I don't know why you felt like he was the one to attempt it on. Now, I was just at a loss with that. It's disappointing that you spent all your money to go there to try to football tackle. The best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Brett the Hitman Hart. You're a fucking idiot. I've seen the pictures of what happened after, and you deserved it. I'm not going to mention any names, because it's just not, it's not in me to mention any names. But to every person that was in that ring, you got exactly what you deserved, and my hat's off to them 
for giving you exactly what you deserve. With that being said, the Hall of Fame was fun. It was enjoyable. I did not enjoy the, the new setup with the ring and all that. I think we could have been just as suited to kind of... I think it could have been mapped out a little better, possibly. Or we should have just stick to the old style. I did kind of like... Now, this is my positive for it. That they got the chance to walk that aisle one more time, kind of, so to speak. But to have to sit behind them and look at their butt the entire time that they're giving their speech, that part for me kind of sucks. You know, you got to look up at the, the, the screens above the ring or whatever the case might be. But being honest, I'd probably still buy a ticket to go. So what do I know? WrestleMania 35 kickoff show. WWE Cruiserweight Championship is on the line. Buddy Murphy versus Tony. I can't say his last name, so I'm not going to try. Hey, it was a good match, but here's my deal. Here's my beef. The Cruiserweight division to me is fast-paced, high-flying. Um, yes, I feel like there should be some, some powerful individuals in the Cruiserweight division, but they should be very rare. I don't feel like everyone should be a hard-hitting ass-kicker in that right. I, I think everything, you know, cruiserweight division is more Lucha Libre style. Let's just say it like that. And if you're a real wrestling fan, you understand that. So I'm not the biggest fan of of Tony winning the championship, but I'm also not the biggest fan of Buddy Murphy having the championship either. And I am a big fan of, of Buddy Murphy. I feel like he's untapped potential. They haven't really worked him for all he's worth yet, so to speak. Other than that, I I just really would like to see that title be held by our actual fucking cruiserweights. I don't know. Call me crazy. Um, I I hope we're on to bigger and better things with Murphy, and this is why he's dropping the title. But he could be on his way out of the door for all we know. It's the WWE. All right. The Women's Battle Royal, the no-name Women's Battle Royal went on. Hey, long story short, Carmella wins. I was going for Nikki Cross or Amber Moon. I would have liked to see Naomi win, but uh, she won last year, so I didn't think they were going to go for a two-timer. So, congratulations to Carmella. She pulled it off. All that running around with R-Truth is starting to pay off. That's got to be a tough gig. No, R-Truth is very entertaining. I don't know what he's like, you know, for her to travel with, but he's good on the TV. The Monday Night Raw tag team titles are on the line. The Revival versus Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. I'm disappointed in Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins because I just knew they were going to come out and not look like the Edgeheads. That's not at all what I was hoping for. But I just knew they were going to come out and have, you know, the Zack Ryder look combined with the Kurt Hawkins look, and they were going to come out and look like a fucking tag team. And when they didn't, I was very disappointed, but maybe it helped the shock factor because I'm looking at them like there's no fucking way they're going to win. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't want them to win. I like the Revival as the Revival is the tag team of tag teams in, in, that, in the right of everything is about tag teaming for them. You know, right now, I'm you know, them and the Usos for me. Rightful title holders of these titles because they are the tag teams of tag teams right now. It, it, the definition of what it is to be a tag team. So, 
lo and behold, to my surprise, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, for some reason, I don't know, are our new Raw Tag Team Champions. Andre the Giant Battle Memorial. I'm, look, I didn't care. Braun Strowman won. Uh, they, they roughed up half-assed the two goofs from Saturday Night Live. Braun Strowman won. Um, WrestleMania 35, we're on the main card. Paul Heyman makes that feline to the ring. Hey, there's not a lot to feed into this one. There's not even a lot to discuss. People are trying to make this bigger than what it is. You had three world title matches in one fashion or another. Three. They had to be spaced out. Let's make it very clear. This is I knew for a fact, one way or another, they were going to do this. I knew it. And I had a feeling the order would be the universal title, WWE world title, WWE women's world title. And that's exactly how it went. So, universal championship on the line. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Thank God. Thank God. We have Seth Rollins as our new reigning, defending, defending. I I thought about this. It bothers me that that was said. It bothers me because you really weren't defending. You were just the the reigning. So now someone can actually take stake that actual claim to the defending aspect of it because Seth Rollins is the new universal champion and I understand we had setbacks but I'm very glad we're back to this point. They tried to do it when Roman took the title and then the issues happened. So this was the outcome. He got the belt. Look, I'm, we're in good shape. We're in good shape. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I anticipated this match, and this match was everything I hoped it would be. I don't care what you think or how you feel about anyone. I don't care who's your favorite. Hands down, no questions asked, Randy Orton is one of, if not the greatest, in-ring performer right now. Even right now. Randy Orton is that smooth and that good. Now, the argument to that, There's only one man. I don't care who's your favorite. I don't care who you like. There's only one other man who can stake that claim, and his name is the phenomenal AJ Styles. I feel like this was the greatest match that you could put together because if you look at when Impact was moving and it was good, and you look at the WWE at the same time, you might have had people on some name shit that you wanted to see because of the similarities or the popularity. But if we're talking about straight up in the ring, AJ Styles and his style represents the independent circuit that he came from. And I'm not saying he does not fit in WWE or doesn't deserve it because I feel the opposite about, you know, on both aspects. He fits in. He definitely deserves it. I think that those two, even at that time would be the two that you would pick to put in that ring. So to see this, it's like the dream match come true in a way for me. That's what I'm getting at. And it lived up to its hype for me. I kind of want to see them do different things, um, different stipulations, like a two out of three or, you know, just something to mix it up a little bit. But I don't think you'll ever get a bad promo or storyline or match out of either two of them. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, very damn close to still in that show last night. Or, excuse me, Sunday night. Uh, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. The Usos.
versus The Bar versus Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. This was a tag team match that was just downright entertaining. It's it's WrestleMania. I'm pretty convinced that everybody's going to be flying on all cylinders. And, hey, these men were absolutely no different. Again, if we're not making Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura a real tag team, it does bother me that they're on the main stage when there are tag teams deserving of that spot. And I feel the same way about Aleister Black and Ricochet. It's not any knock on them as individuals. It's not even necessarily a knock on them as a tag team. But if we're, that's not going to be an actual tag team. Like the bar has become an actual tag team in uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Then I don't feel like those should have been the big main things that we put in. You put in two real tag teams and then four singles competitors. Either way it goes, Usos win. Very big win for the Usos. Very deserving of that win. They needed it for themselves probably more than anything and i'm very happy for him but i'm an uso guy so i'm a little biased don't judge me shane mcmahon versus the miz crazy match all over the place i give them credit for what they went through was i terribly interested in the match before it not really was i terribly interested in it during not really but give credit where it's due they went all out. Shane McMahon ended up being your winner in some would feel controversial status. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championship defended for the first time at WrestleMania. The Boston Hug Connection versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Iconics versus Nia Jax and Tamina. Not a bad match at all. I am disappointed to see that the Boston Hug Connection lost the titles. I think it was just too soon. I kind of wanted to see that first run of the title go for a good while. Because my little opinion on it. But I'm not upset at all that the Iconics won it. I think that they are hands down the funniest women in any women's division, be it singles or tags. I think that they have to sit in a car or on a bus or a plane and laugh about this shit amongst themselves and then try it. That's just the way that I'm picturing it. But I think that they are not bad in-ring performers, and I find them to be extremely fucking hilarious. So hats off to the Iconics, our new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Now, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. That match was... Back and forth. That match was a edgier seat match. But to conserve time... I'm not going to focus on that match. It was a good match... And you can go to the WWE Network and watch it all you want to, to understand what I mean. But understand what a big deal this was. I was actually listening to something else before I began to record this. And the person I was listening to said that this issue with Daniel, not Daniel Bryan, excuse me, but Kofi Kingston is not a race issue. It's an underdog issue. No. And I don't mean this in a negative way because let's not act like the WWE is not known for addressing serious issues. 
in their programming. This is a serious issue that the WWE was being ballsy enough to address. They furthered that by having Big E release the You Don't Want People Like Us video, which were also the same statements that he made while they were all in the ring together. They being the New Day and Vince McMahon on an episode of SmackDown. Okay? So make no mistake about that. This is very much a racial issue that they were ballsy enough to address. Finally. In some retrospects. With what I'm going to say, I mean with absolutely no disrespect to The Rock. And some people already know where I'm going with this. The Rock was never built as a black athlete. It's not to say he is not, but he was never built. They took the Samoan aspect of him, and that was all that they focused on. He was not a black WWE champion. He was a Samoan champion, as far as the WWE was concerned. So, this is not just black history, but this is wrestling history. Because whether you like it or not, Kofi Kingston is the first ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And you can't tell me that this isn't historical and that this doesn't mean a lot for the culture. When I'm watching guys like MVP, Crime Time, Booker T, R-Truth, the New Day themselves, watching this happen and shedding tears, why are we only shedding tears for Kofi? If this isn't what people are saying that it's not. It's a racial issue. People are saying it's an underdog story and it's not. And I think that kind of... It kind of taints the fact that they are addressing it. Now, am I saying that they made Kofi Kingston the champion for solely that reason? No, Kofi Kingston worked his ass off for 11 years. All of the stories about that and all of those comments and those interviews are very true. It is not to say he's undeserving and that he only got that because he was black. I'm saying he deserved it. I'm saying it was overdue. They could have did that 10 years ago. And that's the truth. If this was just a my friend made it thing or a guy that I worked with and I like, why didn't you do these individuals not shed tears for every person who gains their first title? Because it was deeper than that. So all of the credit in the world to the New Day and to Kofi Kingston, our new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. History. After that, tough act to follow, but I will say that I feel like it was a good way to follow it. WWE United States Championship on the line. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. And still, your United States Champion, Samoa Joe. Why did I go through that so quickly? Because that's about how long it took Samoa Joe to win the match. Not mad at that. Good build for Joe. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Roman Reigns wins pretty much was kind of to be expected. But I'll be honest, there was a lot of moments in that match where I did think Drew was going to take it home. And it really wouldn't have surprised me that much either. Elias shows up to do his big WrestleMania musical performance. 
old school John Cena shows up, cuts an old school John Cena promo. Entertaining stuff. No complaints about it. Is John Cena actually going heel? Is John Cena deciding to make a, a, a return? Th- those are questions that were posed. Was that just a one-time event? Who knows? I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the game, Triple H, versus Dave Batista, the beast. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's not the beast. He's the animal. Too many nicknames. I couldn't just be Dave Batista. He's the animal, Dave Batista. I forgot. Excuse me for that one. Triple H's career on the line. Ah, truth be told, okay? Don't judge me, but the truth be told is I really wasn't looking forward to that match. I didn't have a big, strong interest in that match. It was a good performance. It was what I thought it was going to be in terms of the the physicality. But as the match did go on, I found myself interested in it. And the truth be told, I was only interested in it because of Hunter. Because he was in rare fucking performance. The nose ring thing was utterly hilarious. Triple H keeps his career by defeating Batista. Finally overcoming the animal. Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle for Kurt Angle's last match. So my take on this Kurt Angle thing is he had a lot of A1 perform or, or opponents going into it and then at the very last end of it you face Baron Corbin I don't know if it was creative's idea if it was Kurt's idea and that I don't think is neither here nor there I think Baron Corbin went out and probably more than likely most definitely gave Kurt Angle everything that Kurt Angle wanted of him and more whether other people feel that way or not I don't know I don't think that Kurt Angle got the type of attention on his way out of the door that he deserved. I wish that they had a, they gave him great opponents and great matches, but that could have been a little closer to closing. The, I I I don't I don't know. I won't go into detail, but I I just think that they could have did a little bit of a better job with the send off. Um, but Baron Corbin wins, and that's not the worst thing. Why not put the guy over who's going to be there the next week? That's just almost a no-brainer in a way. Intercontinental Championship, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. And yes, the Demon wins. We have a new WWE Intercontinental Champion. I haven't seen a bad match out of Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley when they locked up yet. They have a good chemistry in that ring. And they do play the big man, little man role to a fucking T. I have yet to be bored. By a Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley match. WWE Women's Raw and SmackDown Live Championships on the line. Winner takes all. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus the man, Becky Lynch. In a very historical match. This is, if I'm not mistaken, the very first time that the women's Raw and SmackDown titles were up for grabs in a winner-takes-all fashion. 
I might not be 100% right, but I'm pretty sure that I was the first time that happened. Also, the obvious. It is the first time that the women have headlined, have been the main event, have closed the show in 35 years of WrestleMania. And that's not to say that it should have happened way sooner, but it's just to say that maybe all of the right elements were in place and these people, these women were very deserving of it. Uh, two out of three. Just my take. Two out of three. The history made. Becky Lynch takes all. Becky Lynch is the WWE Raw and SmackDown Live Women's Champion. How much history was made that night surrounding the name of the man, Becky Lynch? A WrestleMania that a lot of people did not, I think, look forward to. I, I'm guilty. I'm one of them. But if you listen to what was being said, they are already letting us know, in one way or another, we are changing everything. We're redoing everything, and it's not the first time. And I think that WrestleMania and the people who were involved were all going to be heavily involved throughout this next year or two. And I'm not a a, a wrestling expert in the sense of I don't know what's going on in the WWE offices, and I don't know what's going on at Creative, nor do I give a shit. I don't work there. This is just my take on what they are putting out for their product. The Raw after WrestleMania. Probably just as big as the Raw as WrestleMania itself at this point. Always a good crowd. Seth Rollins comes out, cuts his promo. Kofi Kingston comes out. And Kofi Kingston, I don't think there's not a person who's seen this and was like, yep, that's it. It's over. That's just as fast as it started, it was over. Kofi Kingston challenges Seth Rollins, title for title, winner takes all, being inspired by last night's women's triple threat match. And Seth accepts. I think when he accepted, their whole world said it's over. And at least we got to see it for the night. But that's it. The, the Universal or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship reign of Kofi Kingston is over. Uh, just. It, it just scared the hell out of us all. <laughs> One way or another. Baron Corbin comes out to. Interrupt and spoil a promo being cut by Kurt Angle, his goodbye. And then, for some reason, in the mix of the Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin, you know, closing of the book, Lars Sullivan comes out. I didn't even know he still worked there. I I did not know he was still with them. So he just shows up out of the clear blue sky and boom, there he is. He and dropped Kurt Angle. So, that's okay. Becky Lynch comes out. She cut a promo and referred to herself as, and I quote, Becky Two Belts. You can kiss my ass. Becky Two Belts is funny. If that ain't a fucking t-shirt, I don't know what it is. Called herself Becky Two Belts. Referred to Ronda Rousey as a weirdo. Becky Lynch is the best talker 
the WWE has. And that's across the board. There might be somebody that I miss, but if she's not the best, she's in the top five. And she's down, hands down the best women's top, or, or how do I want to say this? In the women's division, she's the best talker. That's the best way for me to say that. Uh, on her way out of the ring, she was cut off, so to speak, I guess, by Lacey Evans. I didn't care for her too much in NXT. I don't know what's going to change now, but I, I do hear on the rumor mill Vince is very big on her. So maybe she's going to get this big push I've been hearing rumored about uh, Lacey Evans, who I don't see much in, but, you know, what what does my opinions mean to anyone? Um, we have signs of what could be Bray Wyatt with a weird, dead, deformed mutant chicken thing. There's that, you know. Uh Dean Ambrose versus Bobby Lashley for Dean Ambrose's last match. And I still haven't figured it out. I don't, and it's not that I'm out trying to, you know, not I'm not doing any investigating either. So how bad do I want to know? I'm not sure why Dean is leaving. If it's just he needs some time or it's, he doesn't like the company. Uh, you know, the, the rumors have come around that he he's considering going to AEW. We'll see. But one thing I did like is the crowd didn't know it was his last match and everyone did begin to chant thank you Ambrose and if you're going to if you're going to leave the Raw after WrestleMania not a bad time to do it because the crowd is always crazy. And you know, I I if you feed off of it, I'm sure it's going to make it a nice easy last night at the office. Sami Zayn returned, he made a, a challenge that he wanted to wrestle anybody in the back. He got the WWE Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor. They put on a good match, and then Sami Zayn cut some weird-ass promo about the fans. Boo. Snorefest. Elias came out hell-bent and determined on cutting the mics on, tuning the band up, and performing his musical performance that he did not get to perform the night before at WrestleMania. And ensured that if the next person interrupts him, will be a dead man. Well, hey, let's be honest. He wasn't wrong. That's exactly what interrupted him. A dead man. And he took that quick ass whooping from the dead man. What's going on there with that? Who knows? Who cares? It's Taker. Anytime you get a chance to see Taker, drop a motherfucker. You watch. Simple stuff. Seth Rollins for Kofi Kingston. It started off very good. Um, I'm sure if, as time goes on, if they decide to lock them up more and lock them up in a deeper storyline and um, on a bigger stage that they can put on an even better performance, which I think is saying something. And I mean that because, A, they didn't really get to get their ball rolling. And, B, it, it was a very, you know, snap decision on, as far as we knew it, on them locking up in the first place in that ring. So, much to our surprise, or maybe not so much to others, the match was interrupted by the bar. Now, when it happened, I felt like, okay, if they weren't going to legitimately have an actual winner and unify the titles or have a dual double champ or, you know, a Seth or a Kofi two belts, champ champs, so to speak, in the words of... um. Conor McGregor, 
they were going to have it broken up some kind of way. And if they're not trying to do a legit storyline out of it, I think they were going to break it up some kind of way. So I'm not surprised and I'm not that mad that it was the bar. I'm not extremely pissed off that it became a tag match, although the crowd was as they began to chant AEW. SmackDown Live. Kicking off the show with a celebration for Kofi Kingston winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And in the ring, it was your boys, the New Day. Hey, it was what I expected, man. They came out, they kicked some jokes, they said some real shit. He gave credit where credit was due to the people he needed to give credit to. And then they got interrupted. I wasn't a big fan of it, but then you gotta you gotta let things work. So they let it work out. And when as it works out and their interruption by the bar, excuse me. The bar calls him out and says, hey, we want to have a six-man tag against you guys. Well, clearly, Biggie doing Steiner math realized that they're a man short. Which brought you in a situation that I found to be a little bit interesting. And they were joined by Drew McIntyre. Hey, I don't think that'd be a bad faction. Serious them two back up, get them on that page. I think they could be a good faction. You got the tag teams, and you have who I think is going to be before this year is up, if not WrestleMania next year at the latest, WWE or Universal Champion. I don't I don't doubt this. Unless he royally fucks up, or something in WWE royally fucks up, Drew McIntyre is pretty much on his way to be the guy, especially in terms of being the heel. So... You know, clearly uh, the New Day accepts this challenge, and we'll see that later on in the evening. The first match is the six-man tag match. Aleister Black teams up with who else? Ricochet. As they team up with Mustafa Ali, and they go against Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Andrada. And honestly, with the exception, and I don't mean this in a, in a rude way, or an insulting way. The only person that I don't mean this in reference to is Rusev. But here are names right here. Maybe maybe not even so much of Aleister Black. And I, I say that in terms of size more for Aleister. As well as Rusev. But just mainly size. Not that I don't think he could do the style. But if you look at Ricochet. Mustafa Ali. If you look at Shinsuke Nakamura. And you look at Andrade, if I'm not mistaken about him as well, these are guys you can put that cruiserweight title on. These are guys you can do. I'm going to do a whole thing just about the cruiserweight title in that division because there's so many things we could be doing. But I digress. It was an interesting match. It was a cool match. Fast pace. Rusev in with the power. Aleister Black with, with the striking. Entertaining good match. Not a bad thing to put together. Uh, R-Truth and Carmella come out and they do a promo. Their promo is interrupted by Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe chokes out R-Truth. Watch how this gets crazy now. After Samoa Joe chokes out R-Truth, he cuts a promo, but his promo gets interrupted by Braun Strowman. Long story short on that, Joe was starting to choke him out, couldn't get the job done, and he got those hands from Braun Strowman. 
I'm not reading too much into anything that went on on Monday Night Raw, and I'm not thinking about too much that's going on here with SmackDown, because these are the shows after WrestleMania, and we have the big draft coming up. So, I I know it's just them throwing shit out there. Do I think we're going to get Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman for the United States Championship? I don't know. I have a fucking clue. I don't even know if they're going to be on the same show. But it's nice to see them just throw it out there, see what they can do, see how the crowd's going to react to it. And, and if there's ever a time to do it and then not feel extra fucking random, now's the time to do it. Uh, the Iconics come out as Braun Strowman's going back up the ramp. They go to shake his hand and he just blows them off and walks away. Their reaction to that was fucking hilarious to me. But again, I think they are the funniest women in either division, be it singles or tags. They wrestle some jobbers allegedly defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, and they won. Duh. Paige had made a comment backstage after this match that she was bringing in a very strong or impressive, excuse me, she was bringing in a very impressive tag team of her own. But I don't think people read into that all the way because she just said a tag team. Is she bringing dudes? Is she bringing chicks? Who the fuck's wrestling? Who is she managing? Could it be the Authors of Pain? Could she have found a brand new women's tag team? And is she bringing them in? Shane McMahon comes in and does his after WrestleMania promo. Uh, Nothing interesting for me. It was whatever. Kind of boring. The CM Punk chant started when he called himself best in the world. His, his The way he plays it off always is like cool. The little please. You know, so whatever about it. But here's the... The, the thing that was most entertaining or interesting is his interaction with the announcer thing. Like, I don't know, don't know what his deal is with the announcer, but whatever. Let you have whatever million-dollar interest you want to have. But it just went on too long. Normally, it had been funny. In the past, it was a little funny. But whatever for whatever reason on SmackDown, that shit just drug on and on to the point where it wasn't funny anymore. It was just like, all right, you can go to a commercial at this fucking point. But he did end up getting the announcer over. When the announcer did the last one, he held it, and the way he held it for so fucking long that the crowd popped over it, and they gave him a round of applause, and he deserved it, because there's no fucking way I could have did it. Uh, we have more signs of Bray Wyatt. We also have the WWE SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships on the line as the Usos versus the Hardy Boys. Unfortunately, the Usos lost. The Hardy Boys are the new champions. But that's me being an asshole and being biased because I like the Usos more than everybody. We already know that. Uso guy. New tag champs. Congratulations to the Hardys. Uh, Lars Sullivan comes back for whatever fucking reason again and gets into the ring to attack the Hardys. Man, that's just that one. The man, Becky Lynch, comes out to cut a promo and refers to herself as the champ champ. And to be honest with you, I thought it was the best shit ever. Fucking hilarious. She does get attacked by Lacey, uh, or excuse me, by Lacey Evans. And I kind of further think that that's going to be the direction that we're going in. I do like the direction that the championships in the women divisions are going where, you know, Becky is the, you know, Becky two belts, the champ champ for both divisions. So she's, as she referred to it, pulling double duty. And you can say the same thing for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. They're also pulling double duty as well. So... There's something for us to talk about a little bit later with other championships in this double duty thing. Uh, the New Day versus The Bar versus Drew McIntyre. 
so before the match happens, and for whatever reason, Sami Zayn comes out and cuts the same weird promo, except it was very quick and very simple, and I'm glad it was, and said that you don't deserve it, and just went back. So, I don't fucking know. Where we're going with that, you can tell me. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's just confusing. Uh, New Day, New Day got the win against The Bar and Drew McIntyre, but, again, I think that was a match where we were just pitching shit out there to see what the people were going to react with. Uh, I think now where we're at, now that all of the good, fun, filling and, and, and good times of Kofi Kingston winning the title is to see the run that they give Kofi Kingston as the... WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I really feel the same way about uh, the champ champ, Becky Two Belts, the man. I want to see the run that we get out of this. And is it going to be a short-lived run? Are we going to hurry up and put it back on Daniel Bryan's? Or are we going to hurry up and put the belts, uh, split the belts up from Becky? Are we going to hurry up and throw the belts back on Charlotte? Like, I'm very interested to see where we go with this. Does, does this... WWE World Championship reign destroyed the New Day. A lot of possibilities, and I think we can really start expecting to see the plans unfold. I want to say maybe two weeks after the Superstar Shakeup, we'll get ideas to what direction we're going in. It's a very interesting time for WWE, and if someone isn't a fan and they're becoming a fan, now's a good time to get into it. Uh, the G1 Classic happened this weekend where ROH went against New Japan. And I have to give shots out to the Gorillas of Destruction. Big Tomatonga fan, as everyone knows, winning the ROH Tag Team Championships. Uh, unfortunately, my boy Jay Lethal lost his ROH World Championship. And unfortunately, my boy Bullet Clubbing Jay White lost the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship, so that hurt. That hurt a lot. I again that's the see and that's kind of the thing is I thought they were gonna give him more of a longer reign. He had it for a couple of months, but I thought he was gonna really get more of a, of that extended reign as their heavyweight champion. And with all of that, hope it wasn't too long. I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, please Feel free to follow us on Twitter at the 20 by 20 show. If you did not know and you were not aware, you should follow us on Twitter at the 20 by 20 show. So you get the breaking news that we are on Spotify. We are on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you need your 20 by 20 fix. We are on that outlet right now, right now. And if we're not. Let us know that we're not on an outlet that you listen to, and we will get that 20 by 20 fix to you. Thank you for listening. This has been the 20 by 20 show.